0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for clicking on us. My name is Leon, and welcome to the very first episode of The Pod of Many Things. The Pod of Many Things is going to be a weekly podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to D&D and tabletop RPGs. Each episode is going to have a theme, and we will discuss topics related to that theme. So, please allow us to tell you a little bit about ourselves. We are Three Guys from the UK who, driven by pandemic boredom, have decided to set up a podcast and just talk about our favourite hobby. Um, I'll introduce myself first and then we'll get into the other guys. Uh, My name is Leon, 29 years old, and during the day I'm a training manager at a large company in the UK. Um, I am the stylized half-orc of the group, if you've seen the picture, Um, and I've been into RPGs for about four years now, uh, most of that time as a DM. Um, I'll keep it simple. Um, my favourite class in D&D is also the best class, the Bard. Um, and if I were to describe my DM style, I'd say it's ad hoc. Um, if we have a, you know, podcast, a session or something, you'll find out what that means. Um, but next we have Troy. Troy, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Thank you, Leon. Um, so my name's Troy. I'm 23. I'm a freelance videographer uh, based in the UK, focused in marketing. Um, but in my spare time, I'm a bit of a bedroom composer and I just, you know, love all things creative and have a passion for most of that kind of side of the world. Uh, in terms of d and uh, I've been playing D&D for just over four years, um, recently beginning to branch out to other systems. Um, but mostly my experience lies in DMing. Uh, I also help run a, a tabletop RPG club um, uh, with a few friends of mine. Um, as you can see, my avatar is a half-elf artificer. Uh, half-elf because shout out to my mixed boys out there. Yeah, boy. Um, <laughs> me too. Best of both worlds. That's what we're talking about here. And then artificer because well, crafting and creating magical things is just wonderful, isn't it?
0: Um, taking... And final words. Bloods just can do that too, but better.
1: <laughs> shout out to the guys for reaching out to me with this project never done anything like this before and i don't think the guys have either um but we're looking forward to learning along with our beautiful audience and it's probably going to grow into something pretty amazing um so next up over to you addison uh
2: so yeah it's your resident furbolg wizard here addison a-d-d-e-r-s-o-n i'm 27 and i'm a secondary school english teacher in the UK. I have a degree in creative writing and uh, D&D is such a big part of my life that my marriage is now affected by it because my wife plays and uh, we enjoy our time together. But yeah in terms of experience uh, I've been playing for around 4 or 5 years. Uh, mostly DMing but some play. Uh, I currently run a D&D discord. ...called The Loom, and I was secretary and temporary chairman for a local D&D group as well. I run the D&D club at my school, which has become the most popular club across all year groups for uh, our school. And yeah, I just want to say thanks to Leon for this being his brainchild and letting me crawl out of my quarantine hovel. And um, to Troy for just being ridiculously talented at everything because without him and his, like, tech knowledge, I doubt we'd be able to do this, because, yeah. But, yeah, um, that's me, and hopefully uh, you'll enjoy it and stick around with us
0: thanks Addison thanks Troy um, just to be clear to everybody um, Troy's going to be the person doing all of the uh, editing and stuff behind the scenes um, Addison sorted out all the social media for us so they'll be in the description to wherever we decide to post this um, Addison also mentioned The Loom which is his discord channel um, I'm sure he'll drop a link for that as well if you want to join that and come talk to us um, it's quite active in there We have a, we have a Rather a good group of people and there's games going on almost every day. Obviously because there's a pandemic going on, um, all the games are online, so it doesn't matter where you live as long as there's one that you can uh, uh, meet the time for, then you can come and join a game. But yeah, and it's not just
2: D and D either, is it? It's um, other no, it's stuff not just D and D. We've got Cthulhu. Call of
0: Cthulhu. Yep. And um, what else we got in there? Yeah, um, you're doing a Wildermount campaign as well, aren't you? Wildermount. Yeah. Yeah, and you've just done a. What did you just do? You did a Disney one, which was kind of cool. Um, Disney one was fun. Disney yeah.
3: theme. <laughs> but yeah.
0: I played Hercules. That was fun. Uh, yeah. So until, until I died. Anyway, let's get into the first topic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first topic for our first session is exactly that. It's firsts. Um, so, you know, there's a first time for everything, there's a lot of first time things in D&D, so we're going to be talking about firsts for the first session. Uh, first campaigns, first characters, so on and so forth. Um, but what I want to start with um, is first impressions, because I don't know about you guys, but for me, you know, I'm 29 now, I've only been playing D&D for the past 3-4 years. There was a period of 26 years of my life where I thought D&D was just, like, the nerdiest thing ever, and I would never go near it. Oh, yeah. What what did you guys think of D&D?
1: Honestly, yeah, it was very similar for me, like, just that whole idea that there was this, this nerd council that sat around a table <laughs> uh, owning and ruling over this world of D&D. And quite honestly, that's sort of like distanced me from it. So yeah, I'm in your boat, Leon. Like,
0: Yeah, ingenuity. and it's one of those things where I look back on it and I think why was my mind so closed? I could have spent more time playing this. I've wasted my life not playing D&D. It's a travesty.
2: I think that um, there's been a bit of like a and renaissance recently. Oh, absolutely. And um, it's a yeah. t- it's probably a topic for another day but i think like when i was younger i thought there was like the cellar dwellers that wouldn't let me in because of the <laughs> fact that um i hadn't been playing for long enough and i hadn't like sacrificed something to like the devil or something there was like loads of like really weird and out there like problems mm. that i kind of put in my own way and like the rest of the world s- still kind of has that perception but now yeah. that I'm in there I feel like a lot more like oh no this is fine
1: yeah 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 it's weird that like it's that whole sort of like uh, paradoxical shift of perspective where you're like now that you're in the world you're like oh
0: shit <laughs> I, th- I think I think there's two things two things that you can attribute to the popularity of D&D the first one um is what's that podcast called that Matt Mercer does Critical role. Critical role, yeah. The second one, I think, I got in d d just before this second one came out. The second one, Stranger Things. Oh, I of think, course.
2: I think there's also possibly a third there right. with, um, you know, like in person, because it's not just DD that's seen a bit of a resurgence. It's also like board games. We've got like board game cafes now and everything. I think sitting around a table with people uh, in this world where it's very digital and very like, right, what's on your phone? like people quite like that and i think dnd is is that isn't it it's that thing of, yeah. i can sit around yeah. with my mates for like five hours because it like, used to it yeah, used to I'd be it used that.
0: to be you could uh, go around your mate's house uh break out the the game or the nintendo um whatever it is and you could just sit yep. on the couch together and play you can't do that anymore um Apart from Nintendo, you can't do it on Xbox or PlayStation. Well, I mean,
1: quite literally right now we cannot do that.
0: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you it's know, online, isn't everything's it? Everything's online. They yeah. they took away split yeah. screen, and people still want that thing where they can sit down next to a friend, have jokes rather than, you know, playing with 12-year-olds online that are fucking your mum and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is Fortnite so true. Fortnite dancing over everything. Yeah. yeah. And so gone.
2: Yeah. I was going to say then, so with that barrier like how did we get over that barrier then how did we go from right well the nerd council's don't gonna deny me (laughs) membership to (laughs) being full-fledged members of the nerd council so
1: my experience uh the the door was open to me and shout out to your profession addison by a teacher no less um uh so there was a there's a i believe it was primary school um, uh, end, end of year, year six, you know, nervous time, you're moving up into year seven, obviously, if we have any US, uh, listeners, I'm not really too sure how that would translate over, I think it's sort of like high school time, um, but basically, uh, this teacher, uh, I, I was a bit of a, you know, sort of, uh, was it outside of the normal social circles kind of child? You know, I'd always hang out in the back of the classroom. Didn't really have too many friends, but like one or two very close friends. Mm. Um, but one of them was very close with this teacher called Mr. Gray. And I remember him uh, very, very well. He was a lovely teacher, English teacher. Jesus, there are a lot of parallels His, here name, his name was Mr. Uh, Gray.
0: What did he do in his spare time? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, uh, didn't, didn't ask
2: that far. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, better not. This kid better not be too close to Mr. Gray, otherwise there's a CP <laughs>
1: issue. Oh God, no! I, I, I really hope not. Now that I think back, it's like, oh yes, come play, play at my table, young child. <laughs> oh God. Um, no,
3: yeah. he was
1: he was a really nice uh, guy. Honestly, he 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 could tell that I was like one of those kids that didn't really fit in anywhere, and knew that D and D, like, because he was in the world, was like the perfect way for me to escape. And that's when I first was introduced to it. He invited me to this um, after school sort of like thing. And it turns out one of my friends went to this club, but he didn't want to tell me about it because he was worried that I'd like call him a fucking nerd. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so, so like when he told me that he was going to this club and that Mr. Gray had invited me and all this stuff, I was like, cool, I'll give it a go. And honestly, from that point on, I was sold. Um, it just, it was sad because shortly after, uh, obviously I left, uh, and moved on to year seven. So I left that school and obviously Mr. Gray stayed there. So I could never really continue that. But from that point on, it was just in the back of my mind. Like D&D is freaking cool. Like,
2: that is, that's a pretty cool story. What about you, Leon? How did you, uh, find
0: it? Um, I found it in a a different way, but it's tangentially uh, similar. Um, Me and the wife, we moved away um, from from my hometown um, a few years ago. And, you know, moving away from your hometown as an adult. um, And at the time, I was working a job where I was basically on the road or working from home, so it was very difficult for me to meet people. um, Until a friend from my hometown invited me to come and play a game. Um, it was like an hour's drive each way but I didn't have anything else to do because where I was living I didn't know anybody, the wife was working um, she was doing shift work at the time so she was gone until like um, 2 to 10 or you know, Mm. 10 to 6 in the morning Um, so I thought you know what I'll drive back to my hometown once a week, once every two weeks whatever just to see what this is all about and uh, yeah uh, a friend invited me Um, it wasn't actually D&D it was a, and we'll talk about this more in more detail later. It was an Adventure Time homebrew RPG. Um, the RPG itself was absolute dogshit, but just you know, going, <laughs> just going and having. We're not some, saying that
2: about Adventure Time, by the way. No, just just oh, yeah, just the no, RPG,
0: just the RPG. But yeah, going actually to somebody's house and you know, there's a room full of people that you can just shoot the shit with. Um, that was what. Um, initially appealed to me but then as we started going through the campaign and shit started getting crazy I was like wow this is actually kind of good I like this Um, and then eventually I you know joined the library up here um, the club there and you know so on and so forth done a couple of online games yeah that's how I got into D&D just got invited one day and I thought fuck it why not
1: that's how it is. is, it, it is, yeah. Just someone, someone floats you an invitation, and boom, you're in the world. It's, it's like crack, isn't it?
0: Hey, hey, hey. It's, hey, like, crack. it's like. Do you want to like... try some of this shit I got at <laughs> <of> the weekend? <laughs> yeah, and I got in, this good.
2: Good D&D. You see, um, I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't have an invitation. Um, so there's, there's a bit of a, a disconnect with my story because I, I was first exposed to D and D at like a young age. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys had it, but my school had this weird thing where you could bring toys in and stuff. Like my primary school, you could bring toys in right. like once a day. And you this must have went to a really posh D&D. school compared
0: to the one I went to. <laughs> um, you take a toy uh, to school. He... You're not going home with it. That shit's getting stolen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the same. It was the same at my school, but we were just um, yeah, we just lived in the country, so everybody was in denial. But yeah, um, so. <laughs> Uh Kid brings D D in, like three third edition three point five and we do that thing that kids do where we don't read the instructions but we really mm-hmm. like dice and the figures and everything and we kind of not play it but play it. And then I kind of as I grew up realised the same thing we were talking about, like the, the counsellor Nerds, the Neckbeard, Cellar Dwellers and everything like that are gonna mm-hmm. get me. And then <laughs> it was when I was I was really ill. I remember I'd come home from uni, I was really ill, I was off work and i think i was floating through pinterest and i accidentally found this fan art for a show called critical role which we've already mentioned Mm -hmm. and then i binge watched like so much of it on that week i was sick and then ordered a player's handbook started like watching youtube videos like and then looking, took it to work to like help kids because I worked with vulnerable kids with social difficulties. And I tried to get them to work together. And then when I decide right, I think I feel ready to um, branch out and try and play with other people my age and adults my age and rah rah rah. Um, I found uh, my, my dad's mate found uh, when the club was at. Uh, Burton Lama and then uh, yeah uh, sent me the links and I had a hour long conversation with the OG Steve King who I'd never met but we were on the phone for ages and he told me to come and I came and it all went from there and now look at us we're doing a D&D podcast and the rest is <laughs> history or so they say exactly exactly yeah, yeah it's, it's a weird thing to get into
0: isn't it it's not like you know a sport or something where it's just happening at your school i mean it is now at your school thanks to you Edison. but it's a weird thing to get into isn't it
2: yeah it's like yeah, yeah counterculture almost
3: yeah
0: yeah you need to know a guy basically if, if you want to do it in real <laughs> yeah. life you need to know yeah a
1: guy. yeah you need to know
3: yeah. a guy it is what <laughs> That is good. It's li-
1: it's literally it's yeah we're all criminals. So that's what we're it making is. it, it sound so seedy background, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Trust yeah. me, it's um, it's not
0: that seedy. Honestly, it's not. It's the purest thing no. ever. If if you have the D&D right
1: D and D is D D is a fantastic excuse to be social and weird with all of your friends. Exactly. exactly. And like even when I
2: so I, I worked with kids who who had social difficulties like selective mm. mutism stuff like that. Man, like seeing them step out of themselves and have that fun for an hour, half an hour, like, and yeah. finally relax and be like, yo, I can pretend to be this elf. And that means that none of my problems are real anymore, sort of thing. It was, it was wonderful. And I think, yeah, I agree. I, I don't even think that's, that's just for kids.
0: It's like, you know, for myself professionally at work, if, I, you know, when I was teaching, if you can, you know, sit, at a table with a group of people that you barely even know, and pretend to be a goblin, um, then take that to work. You know, next time you need to give a presentation to some important people, you know, it makes you feel a lot more at ease, more comfortable in yourself doing those kind of things.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Improvisational skills as well. Yes, improvisational you know. skills. Ninety-nine God, percent of the my amount games of times that you'd have to make shit up on the fly. Yeah, that's pretty much mate, all of my games. <laughs> mate, the ability to wrangle
2: together people in general yes. who have yeah. like lives, jobs, taxes, like, mm-hmm. like, uh, like, it's like herding cats. So I feel as if they're. Usu- uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was a thing on uh, Facebook. I think it was where how to put D and D on your CV. And it was glorious because it was like organizational (laughs) skills, um, like you said, improvisational skills, teamwork, uh, moral dilemma choices, uh, problem uh, solving.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There There you have it, folks. D&D is for the
0: CVs out there. <laughs> <laughs> you want your next job? Play some d and I, I think that's a good point to segue into our next topic. <laughs> yes, yeah. let's All do right, that. Alright, so, very... Uh, it's not the very first topic. We've just discussed the first topic. Second topic. Um, I want to know, um, who shall we start with? Troy, what was your very first character in D&D? Ooh, okay. Right, uh, let's wind the clock back.
1: So, yes, this would be with uh, the aforementioned English teacher Mr. Gray um, and oh my God, the more I think about it, the more it's just gonna go down the uh, <laughs> Are we gonna the cringe? Old book route. Oh God um, <laughs> So yeah we were in a dungeon uh, together uh, <laughs> 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 um, oh, So no my fir- uh, so my first character uh, I remember very distinctively for some reason dwarf stood out to me. right? And I uh, I think Addison, it was around about the same sort of uh, editions, I think 3.5. Yeah. Um, so it's like the classic sort of, you know, red box that everyone sort of recognizes. Um, it was that sort of era. And I remember just flicking through the book of art and just seeing like this stunted dwarf. And like, mind you, as a kid, big into Lord of the Rings, like shout out to Tolkien. <laughs> that is some excellence fantasy right in there granddaddy um, uh, token Tolkien. um but dwarves especially Gimli, i fucking loved him and so as soon as there was an option for me to be a dwarf that was that was the one for me so i picked dwarf obviously um i didn't really know too much about the game it was my first try so mr gray did suggest that i play fighter um, which makes sense you know i look i look back at it and i'm like yeah you know what dwarf fighter solid pick um, but yeah, uh, Dwarf Fighter, that was my very first character, and my god, did I do my absolute best to embody Gimli. Uh,
0: <laughs> so nobody tossed you?
1: <laughs> well, Including I mean, we're going to be coming up to first character deaths, I hope, so uh, <laughs> we'll get into that later. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay.
2: God.
0: Addison, what was your first character?
2: Oh, man, mine's even worse. I feel terrible. So with the, like, when I was in Year 6 when we didn't really play, Year 5, Year 6, we didn't really play. It was just the miniature, and I can't Mm -hmm. even remember. I just remember very distinctly the dice. Um, But when I first got back into it, it was for an online campaign that I'd uh, trawled a website I used to go on all the time, a foreign website called Gaia Online god oh man and uh basically we played on skype and i made myself as a monk and yeah it was it was the cringy archetypal uh power fantasy Mm -hmm. of like uh because i was in i was uh, a martial artist I, i loved martial arts loved martial arts movies so monk was just there like oh my god this is going to be sick. It's and like, then, I'm basically Bruce Lee slash Jackie ex- Chan, all in ex- one. Yeah, exactly. And just, yeah, I made myself. He, uh, I ended up being like the the party mascot to the point where one of the girls in the group was just like, I will protect this monk with my life because wow. I was that clueless that um, uh, I tried to do, uh, he had like a I that dumpstered charisma because basically he was handsome and everything but the problem was he'd only ever talked to monks so he didn't understand how to talk to other people and, um, so he thought oh monks respond well to things like uh, tests of strength and stuff like that like showing your skill <laughs> so I tried to do a bunch of push ups on a barrel and rolled on that one and fell in the barrel to the point where the party came out of the tavern that I'd been kicked out of previously for not being able to talk to people properly Two a monk legs just flailing wildly <laughs> uh, out of a barrel. Okay. It was cringy as hell. Come on, then, Leon. I bet you've got some epic story about this. Yours is going to be. I, actu- epic, I actually don't
0: have an epic story about the first character. My first character wasn't that long-lived because I didn't particularly like it. Um, like I already said, my first campaign it was an Adventure Time homebrew. Um, the system wasn't D&D to begin with, but then we got up to a point where the where the DM was like, you know what, this system sucks, let's switch over to 5e. So, so we did that. But the very first character I ever made... Are you guys familiar with Adventure Time?
3: Yes. yes. Oh yeah? yeah, big time. The very yeah, first character maybe. I
0: ever made. Well, I'm not familiar with Adventure Time. I, I, to this day, despite doing like a year-long campaign of Adventure Time homebrew, I've never watched an episode. <laughs>
1: That must have been a very confusing
0: campaign for but, you. Yeah, I, I, I a know a lot about Adventure Time, and dear God. Well, well, I, I was invited to the game, and I was like, look, Alex, shout out to Alex, I've never watched Adventure Time. And he was like, oh, that's fine, don't watch it, then there'll be less spoilers for you. And I was like, fine. So I never watched it. And I feel like if I watch it now, it won't be as good as the experience I had playing that game. So I don't intend to watch it. <laughs> but anyway, my first character. My first character was a party bear um i don't remember what the class was because obviously it was it was a homebrew thing and i think he lasted maybe three or four sessions before i decided you know what i don't like this character i'm gonna make another one
2: (laughs) am i the only one getting some sort of like weird like thing of party bear being a thing where you used to dance around people like is that a thing? Like we used uh, to
1: do that at school. Like just wait. Maybe? Hang on. No, are you thinking about Party Boy, which is <laughs> a a jackass stunt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he'd go to a shop with a a speaker. I mean, uh, if anyone in the audience knows what that is, you will definitely know what I'm talking about. But I yeah. think it's called Party Boy. Yeah.
2: Oh, I thought it was. So I'm imagining like this bear with a party hat on. <laughs> Like dance. Boombox on shoulder. Yeah, exactly. In
0: in like a G string. <laughs> yeah.
2: Is that is that what you did, Leon? <laughs> what
0: the well hell? well my understanding of party bears as they exist in Adventure Time is they're basically like living teddy bears that really like to party.
3: Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, if I remember from the show, yeah, they they are basically a bunch of like rave bears.
2: Yeah, basically. Like instead of care bears they're rave bears i got yeah, uh, yeah yeah i remember that episode i remember that yeah yeah, 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 yeah but yeah. i'm bell
0: i probably went through a few different characters in that campaign i remember at one point i was um, a fridge and i called myself fmo because i know there's a character called bemo um <laughs> oh, God. but i can tell you that my best character of my first campaign the one that stuck with me um he was a devil and because we switched over to five e at that point he was a, he was basically a tiefling um, yeah. what was his name uh, yeah and he was basically a pirate he had the sailor background his name was Calico Jack uh, because at the time I was watching Black Sails and I was like super hyped for pirates so I named him Calico no no it wasn't Calico Jack I called him Calico Lee, which is in hindsight a stupid name but such an amazing character. <laughs> yeah, I was digging Calico Jack. <laughs> yeah, Calico Jack was sick. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have told you that his real name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was essentially um, a tiefling that had escaped hell, and his entire aim in life was to somehow become king of the Nitosphere, or the underworld, um, in non adventure time speak.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, that was my string of first characters. What else did I play? There was the party bear. Um, FMO which was a fridge the fridge I can't remember what class I played for the pipe beer, but the fridge I played as a um, it was a homebrew class um, it, uh, the, car- the class where you have loads of potions and you make potions and mix them together and throw them at people alchemist, alchemist. yes it was a homebrew alchemist uh. and I decided not to use the fridge simply because I didn't like that class it was too much uh, uh, resource management so I thought Alex can I make another character I'm not really digging this class
1: yeah, it's you have right. a tendency to uh, do the uh, the old meme where you've got your current character but you're looking over your shoulder at the next one. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's also just you it's know, all... it, was, it was a terrible homebrew class.
2: Oh man, you think your names were bad. Like, I was genuinely so stuck on a first name. Bearing in mind I've got a creative writing degree. I'm used to making up characters <laughs> and I was just there like I don't know what to name him. What do people call me? And I was like, Bear. And I was like Right, I'm playing a monk, so let's be slightly offensive and look at what bear is in Chinese. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> wow! Well,
3: went, well, I went the, Go- that the route. Google Translate name. I went the Google yeah. Translate
2: route. His name yeah. was Xiong, which is chap uh, Chinese. Sorry, not Japanese. Apologies, bear- apologies to any Chinese people <laughs>
1: if that was butchered just then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: I'm really bad bad at uh, f- uh, foreign words, as Troy has found out with oh, Tagalog. Yes. <laughs> Hagalog, yes, my my native language. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I think all I think we've chalked it up now that all first characters are shit. Is that true? Yeah. Do
1: we think but that's in a true? good but in a good way. Oh yeah, totally.
0: But because, they're, they're because so every time good. it's it's a learning thing. Yeah. That's it, that's exactly it. Alright, those are your first okay. characters. Now what I wanna know is what campaign they were in. Who wants to go first? We already know what campaign was mine was in. Um, it was Adventure Time. So let's hear one of yours. Go on, Allison.
2: Uh, so Xiong was in a campaign that was homebrewed. It wasn't a module or anything. And I think that's where my aversion to modules comes from. But again, that's, uh, a, that's a topic for a different day. Oh, um, okay. And basically, he was looking for... He was looking for something and he managed to find this group of adventurers and we ended up uh, embroiled in this massive conspiracy with the Thieves Guild and the Parliament and um, we ended up going on a a voyage, we ended up on a boat, Um, uh, I think the most distinctive thing that i remember from that campaign because we never finished it it never like we it just fell apart one day wow. um but uh one of the, there were two moments that i remember i remember killing a young green dragon not uh, not a young green dragon a baby green dragon sorry um and turning its scales into like a cloak for the barbarian who lo- who like wanted to protect me and um i also remember Two people joined our campaign like halfway through. And we just... Unfortunately for them, they, their, their backstory was that they snuck onto our ship to escape somewhere. So they were in disguise. But we had literally just dealt with uh, somebody being disguised on the ship. So I, as Xiong, not having charisma, not knowing people very well, uh, fi- uh, acing my insight check to know these people are hiding, uh, was just like... What are you doing here? Rah, rah, rah. And he wouldn't tell me what was going on. So I punched one dude. And then he literally took his headset off. Because we, obviously we're online. You we hear him take his headset off and sh- shout towards his missus. Like, I didn't know we were joining a party of murder hobos. And I felt really bad. <laughs> oh, like, no. So those two quit. And then our uh, thing, like... Uh, but Xiong was just acting in character. These are the first friends he'd ever had. He had this, this barbarian. He was, like, trying to protect him and shield him and he'd had the opportunity to pay her back and he was like ah oh, i'm not going to let these people harm my friends and yeah
1: it was a mess <laughs> oh my god <clears throat> i think yeah like with the cuz it was online wasn't it didn't you say
2: yeah yeah it so was, it was over skype so yeah. roll 20 was a was a was like a back to the future concept like yeah i was gonna say get that the delorean like, go three thousand years in the future to us like
1: <laughs> yeah there's a lot more resources out now that makes it a lot easier for people to do such a thing and i think like it's commendable that even in such a sort of like limited uh time of like resources for such a thing you were still sort of doing exactly what i would imagine people would be doing in a D game which just goes to prove the dnd just can like be put anywhere and it works
2: yeah.
3: Absolutely. So go on then Troy Your okay. turn
1: right. So first campaign Specifically uh, Unfortunately this wasn't with Mr. Grey um, Because Technically the, the game that I was part of was Not only like a small module But it was basically supposed to be a one shot But because we were a bunch of incompetent Kids that were basically ADD Fueled little Charged batteries We this dungeon just took so long for us. <laughs> um it just it was just so bad. Like every rock just needed to be turned over for us and like I, I kind of felt sorry for Mr. Grey. You um, were every DM's nightmare. Yes, it's just yes, we a were. chair. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. Like everything is a mimic. Um, but yeah, so that that I wouldn't really count as my first campaign. So my first proper campaign wasn't actually uh, I, I wasn't actually playing. My first campaign was a game that I actually made myself. Um, oh, brave! Yeah, brave. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like I uh, had much of a choice. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was sort of a thing where like a group of us were into the idea of doing it, and no one was stepping up to the plate of DM. And I think just that little part of me that was like, I want to do this just said, you know what, go for it. And I made the leap. Um, I did my best to use uh, all the resources that was available to me. Um, So I did pick up uh, a player's handbook for my friends. Um, And then it took me a while before I even got any DMs manuals. Like I was doing all of this just based on the information that I could get from the player's handbook. Um, But yeah, so my first campaign was really short. Uh, and it was set in a a world which I have now actually returned to in a current campaign that I'm running and have actually sort of expanded upon that initial idea but it was just a it was just a woods and essentially what was happening was there was a, a group of uh, wood elves and a group of goblins that lived within this uh, large portion the largest forest in this world um, and these, two nations essentially were at war over the territory of the the uh the forest and the party members had to sort of make their a decision to either join a side or sort of help quell the conflict um and obviously this was my first time running it so my god were there loads of plot holes (laughs) like just little strings that i just never forgot to tie off um but the great thing was is because my players were learning too um it just was much more of a relaxed play experience and for a DM that was just starting it was really confidence boosting for me um it built up a lot of my early improvisational skills and you know I learned to bullshit pretty damn quick because my players they god they do some pull some fast ones on me uh but yeah that that was my first experience with the campaign I didn't get to play that was that's a sad thing really um
2: Mate, mate, that that that's kind of brave though that you your first like proper campaign was you running it with just the player's handbook. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's. What even I, I was there like, um, when I was first learning, I was there with the player's handbook and we just did like one-on-one fights. Like we'd make a character and then fight. Yeah. Them, basically. <laughs> and then, but then as I learned the rules, like I then got the DM's the DMG and everything else. Mm. So credit to you. <laughs>
0: It's it's like it's like we said. I mean, you have to know a guy to get into it. And if you're one of those people that doesn't know a guy, you kind of just have to jump in there, yeah, don't you, do. you? And that's, I mean, thinking about myself when I first started D and D, there's no way I would have just, you know, randomly jumped in and decided to um, DM a game from the very beginning. There's no way I would have done yeah. that. Yeah. And so like, yeah, very very brave thing to do.
2: I also think that it must have been cool that they were like. Learning with you, yes. If that makes sense, yeah. Because like, nice. yeah, yeah. One of the most, even to this day, now I'm, I'm, I would, wouldn't say I'm like an expert, but as quite a seasoned DM, one of the worst things that you get is when you see another DM that so you've either seen run or has ran for you sit opposite you and you're on the DM <laughs> screen side. Oh so yeah. So like, yep. So that having a bunch of like complete noobs, like not to be like. De- uh, degrading or anything but like a complete newbies must have been like yes I have room to grow here as well yes, whereas yeah, I think was... of my first like adult one there were people who was like yeah I've DM'd for like since I was 13 and they're like the same age as me <laughs> I'm like oh no oh, like, God, I'm yeah. gonna die <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a different kind of pressure isn't it really? yeah but then again you know commend commend, uh, commend yourself for that too because like you, even though there was that pressure there you sat there and you know, blasted out a campaign and uh, you know it deserves equal credit i think
0: yeah definitely. yeah yeah i would
2: agree um, i think the jump the jump like we said earlier the jump into the world of dnd is something to commend yes. whether you're a player or a dm oh yeah like it is about those those first leaps. Yeah. so you take the first leap into uh d dnd that's step one yeah. and then step two is the yep. leap into dming exactly like so
3: yeah
0: and then eventually get into a point where you're homebrewing your entire campaign, oh, which yeah. is something I still haven't done. I've still yet to homebrew an entire campaign. I don't think I will. I don't think I ever will. I can't do just...
2: modules. I can't. I have to make it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll 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 um we'll we'll uh, pencil that. To- uh, yeah, topic I'm sure for we'll get into day, that think, as well because I can talk for a while on <laughs> why I use modules mm. and would prefer to do that instead of making my own.
1: So
2: what, what's next, Leon? Take us
0: away, another first. bad boy.
1: Pop, pop another first of mine, Leon, please.
2: <laughs> Take my cherry. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, um, what did we just discuss? We just discussed our first campaign. Um, what I want to know now, I think I'll go first on this one because I didn't really talk much during the uh, first campaign bit. I'll go first go on for character it. death what was your first character death? This better be epic. And again, I'm going to preface this by saying this was not my first character because my first character was the party bear and I don't remember anything about that character. I'm going to rephrase the question for myself. What was your first memorable character death? Um, And again, there's, there's another caveat to this. The character didn't die. The character got to a point where I couldn't play this character anymore. So, we were playing Adventure Time I was a devil. Um, during the course of that campaign, we became very friendly with somebody called Marceline, who is a vampire girl. Vampire queen. Um, yeah. Vampire queen, yes. And she is also the daughter of the devil himself, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. Um,
2: yeah, she ate, uh, he ate her fries, yeah. yeah. We know what you mean. Yeah. I can't yeah, remember his yeah. name either.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, during the course of this campaign, uh, we became very friendly and you know i need to stress the campaign wasn't like this um it was a very innocent campaign up until this point but it got to a point where we were at marceline's house for whatever reason i can't remember things got a bit crazy and relations were had wow it wasn't that type of campaign but on this one specific session relations were had you definitely Um, didn't watch the show Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay yep I definitely didn't we'll, we'll circle back around to that now this character his one goal his one ambition the only thing he wanted to do was to find a way to become the king of the Nitosphere. so by marrying Marceline surely that was his intention mm-hmm. that's not what he ended up doing oh, no. oh dear <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah it's worse. Married her dad. it's worse oh god <laughs> <laughs> It's worse. Oh, no. It's very much (laughs) worse. worse? All right, so his only goal was to become king of the Nitosphere. And he didn't care how he did it, but he was was a rogue. The class was rogue. He was an opportunistic little bugger. And at the beginning, the party didn't trust him. Um, He kept trying to steal things from the party. Um, Again, this was my first campaign. I wouldn't do that kind of stuff nowadays, but in my first campaign, I was the guy that was stealing (laughs) things from other party members. Um, But players kept getting annoyed, they kept doing things to me in character, I would lose because I didn't have the correct stats, it was usually like strength or something, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to stop doing this, it's annoying everybody else, so I'll take a step back. So for the next several sessions, I was very helpful, I was very courteous, um, and I wanted to really build the other players' trust. We got to a point where there was this race, it was basically wacky races, (laughs) and it was amazing, Um, and the prize... Before winning the race was to get an orb, and this orb was a magic item which allowed you to cast one wish. At this point, the party were, you know, they're completely friendly with me. They 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 figure I've changed my ways. They got nothing to worry about until the orb was presented. Me, being a sneaky little fucker, sneaky little rogue, uh, being a devil, decided to snatch the orb and make the wish to be the king of the Nitosphere. And it worked. I did become the king of the nitosphere. I went back in time, millions of years, and became the very first devil. And over the next few millions of years, back up to present day, he slowly, slowly um, became the, the actual king of the nitosphere, Meaning, the person he was trying to usurp... He literally became that person. Oh, no. So
2: Marceline's dad.
0: You became, became Marceline's,
1: Marceline's dad. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, okay. That puts a whole new meaning to be my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, god. God. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, my God.
2: That's what?
0: such an innocent show. Like, <laughs> that's so I know. god. I know. <laughs> oh, god, it so... was an innocent campaign as well. That's some back to the future <laughs> shit right there. Alex if you're listening you are still fucked up for <laughs> this. You're disgusting.
2: <laughs> that is that is so weird, but that is such a good like you know when people like like fuck with your wish to make it somehow back up? Yeah. That that was such yeah. good. Yeah, life. that's godly. Uh, yeah, that's godly. Of course you could right become, course you become the king of the nightosphere. The first king of the nightosphere. Mm-hmm. Like whoa. Like that was yeah. sick.
0: I remember he messaged me after the session and he was like, "Leon, you need to make a new character." I'm not joking. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, oh no, I messed up really big.
1: Oh, Come on, no. everyone's seen Aladdin. You know the genie gives you the lowdown on how to make a wish. <laughs> yeah. He has a whole damn song about it. <laughs>
0: yep. Oh man. That that's, that to me is the most memorable moment in DnD I've ever had. No, that's had. that's quality. Oh, that one, that's um, quality. Yeah. And uh, I I hope you appreciate that I had to rephrase that question a little bit just so I could squeeze that
2: story in there. No, that is is a banger of a story. Not going to lie. So I want to
1: hear why tossing the dwarf got you killed, Troy, or whatever.
2: Is that that your
1: Yeah, okay. So this long-ass dungeon that we as children could not overcome, um, we were basically being handheld. We were holding each other's hands throughout the entire process just like hoping that we don't die and being basically paranoid of every portion of this entire dungeon um and the one time like i feel like it was the one time it probably wasn't but it feels like the one time that we all decide you know what we're comfortable with this room uh mr gray must have just felt the comfort in the air because he then dropped a slime on us all Wow. A big ol' ooze. Oh, no. Big ol' oh, no. gelatinous death cube. Right? Now, as a <laughs> as a naive dwarf, right, attempting to embody Gimli, um, you at first are fearful, but then it quickly goes into denial and then courage. And so, <laughs> I, I ask my uh, other fighter companion, who is a human, um, bit of an Aragorn, um, but I was like, throw me. Launch me at this thing, and I will destroy it. <laughs> Not realising, because I've never played DD at this point, that gelatinous cubes... Are... There's a very specific way you have to go about handling these things. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah.
0: You know what? I've, I've never used a gelatinous cube as a DM, and I've never encountered one as a player, so I'm intrigued to see where this thing So is.
1: Obviously, I didn't realise that if you attempt to try and like attack this gelatinous cube. Not only does it pretty much do sweet FA, but if you are thrown (laughs) at it, your trajectory typically puts you inside the creature. Um, And so what happens is, is once a creature is swallowed by a gelatinous cube, every turn they take a tremendous amount of acid damage as they are slowly digested. Along with, I think in 3.5, most of your equipment also becomes null and void and loses loads of, like, oh, wow. kind of... Or, 3.5 yeah. was unforgiving, Yeah, it man. was so like... unforgiving. So I, <laughs> I basically get yeeted at full strength into the g- gelatinous cube, squaring <laughs> myself right in the center of this thing, and then just oh, none geez. of my party could claw me out because it's resistant to all of their attacks. And so they just watched as I fizzled away like a pill in a bloody glass <laughs> of water. Like it just, I just died there and then. It was so sad. First character death, I was devastated. I was so happy with the dwarf and then I just got, I just got cocksure. I think that's, that's <laughs> the downfall for a
0: lot of characters really, isn't it? Yeah, you get well, a bit Well, it's your own fault for, you know, not listening to Gimli's advice. You know, you never toss a dwarf. Like, what do you <laughs> yes. Go and do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tolkien was right, man.
1: <laughs> yes, Tolkien was 100% right and always has been.
2: <laughs> oh, God. What you got, Addison? So, Xiong didn't die because, again, he had the barbarian who protect <laughs> for a long time. Um, the first character oh, I made that died has actually died twice in two separate campaigns because I bring him out every now and then. He's called Kindling Prigby. He's a fire genasi wizard. And he's a bit of a smart ass, And basically, we were in a campaign where, like, constructs were taken over. And if they right. killed, whatever they killed, they, like, converted. They were, like, this weird, like, almost, like, mesh-up of Liquid Terminator and the Borg. And they would, like... Ew. And it was... Um, so they stole the princess of the country that we were protecting. And we'd already had a... Uh, clash with them and then they stole the princess and we decided that we would follow through the portal that was left behind and we did and it took us to the heart of like one of these factories and we we snuck through to this lot to for ages and then i can't remember what happened but we basically tripped this massive alarm so we ran into a cell We um, barricaded the cell. And it was actually the princess's cell. And then I cast Leoman's Tiny Hut in the cell. Like, not as a ritual, like, straight up spent a spell slot to cast Leoman's Tiny Hut, which still took a while, but that's why we had to hold out for ages. Um, And basically, Big Bad comes in, sits on the other side of the Leoman's Tiny Hut and just waits for us. We rest. Oh, I pray to Ayun, who I've like accidentally made a deal with, um, and she levels us all up to level ten because this boss is like too strong. Like didn't realizes, oh crap, this was not supposed Uh-oh. to happen. <laughs> and yeah, we come out all guns blazing. I um, I'm like like firing spells off. Uh, we're being like badass, like, and then just out of nowhere I get absolutely clocked with I think Melph's Acid Arrow and I nice I get clocked I go down and the DM who was my friend's brother decided that yeah these guys would try and convert you because you've shown yourself to be so strong and they killed me and then my player character joined the initiative on the other side as this hulking, great big, because it also like they also made you like the opposite of what you were, so kindling, wiry, charismatic, intelligent becomes flaming, bulky, like <laughs> monster, Ghost Rider esque shit, and it's like oh no, and then we actually had to stop the fight because like all of us were just like so because it was the first time any of us had seen a character death, we genuinely like mourned. We, lent, we yeah. lit, went through the stages of grief. And this is when we're like 20. I'm, I'm at least 23 at this point. <laughs> like I'm like, they're like going through the stages of grief over a piece of paper. And it was like, <laughs> I, it was, it was insane. It was such a, it was such a cool cinematic moment. Like if it was in cinema, it would have been great. But at the time in that experience, I was like, oh my God, like I love kindling. <laughs> like we've been through this massive journey. And then,
1: yeah, smash. that's the bad thing. Like, got frying panned. Yeah, once you've built up this, like, journey and, like, sort of, I guess, experience, because, you know, you're playing this character, you essentially feel like you're them, and then when they're gone, it's like you lose that part of you, and you're like, oh, no!
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're you're playing through this character's life. I mean, you've created a character that has ambitions and goals, and just like a person in real life, you know, that's suddenly cut off. You know, it has an impact, it absolutely does.
2: Yeah, because like uh, he'd started as like this this guy who had a chip on his shoulder that just wanted to prove to everybody he was the most intelligent. He'd make deals with everybody because they kept saying, "Oh, are you the devil?" Like because he's a fire genasi, mm-hmm. so dark skin, fire hair. Like, and so he, he like molded himself into that issue. And then as people began to trust him, like the king, and like be, began to listen to his tactics, he was like growing, and he was not no longer this guy who needed to like manipulate everybody into position. Like he had command so he was like and then when that that finally happened it, we were gonna go into this massive thing and then just critted on the Melfasted Arrow oh Wizard knows. yeah gone it was so grim because we even planned to play a new campaign with new characters and yeah. we would have had to go and kill him like as a, as a as a group like they oh wow yeah they were like pillars the constructs had pillars he became something like the Inferno like, and basically, the Inferno was their, like, siege weapon. He just set everything on fire. And it was, like, oh it was, it was so heartbreaking as well to know that he was just being used to do terrible things.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know that feeling, Addison. Hey, hey, hey.
0: Oh, oh, we got an inside story there. We got an inside story. You better tell it.
1: Oh, uh, oh, uh, okay, right. Well, this is, well, funny enough, topical, because, uh... Another character death of mine is thanks to Addison. Um, first character death that, I ever made happen, as well. Yeah, it was like it. <laughs> it was my first, I'd say it's definitely my most memorable character death. Um, so the character was Mordecai. Uh, just to give you an idea, edgiest paladin you'll ever meet. Um, so edgy, you know, you'd s- cut yourself on him. Yeah, he was just he was a walking razor blade. This kid, <laughs> right? So he he was a fallen asthma. Of course. Um, Paladin of, I believe, Vengeance. Oath of Vengeance.
2: Yeah, Oath of Vengeance because of the Raven Queen. Um,
1: And it was the uh, critical role module uh, in Tal'Dorei. So I was a worshipper of the Raven Queen. And there was this sort of like very sort of weird uh, sort of love, like maternal but weirdly sort of romantic love for uh, the Raven Queen um that he had but obviously he kept being put on the sideline because she had her own champions um and that jealousy sort of like brooded within him and he just like let it out on all of her enemies and uh yeah the culmination of his story sort of got to the point where he just had a vendetta for gods and just using people as playthings, and addison uh introduced a a arch fae into the picture and now, if anyone knows how archfays work, fuck me—they're there to annoy you to the point, and when you do something, essentially. Um, and yeah, they had a deal be made—a uh, game of, I believe, rock paper scissors.
2: Yeah, it was rock paper scissors.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yep. We literally and, played uh... rock
2: paper scissors across the table with everybody <laughs> yep. watching. <laughs>
1: yep, and li- it was literally staking the archfay's life or Mordecai's life, and uh, the game was played, and unfortunately Mordecai, not being so intelligent and a bit headstrong, didn't realize that obviously an archfey is going to play into the words, and by not giving any specifics about how the game would be played, essentially the archfey used his powers to manipulate the outcome of the game, I cheated. I straight-up cheated. I made him change his thing. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, Mordecai perished, lost his life, um, but became an example to other gods that, you know, playing around with mortals' lives was uh, something of of a touchy subject. And I think also we had a few characters that had, like, the entire backstory from that point on completely shifted. Like, we had, like, a happy-go-lucky elf suddenly become so terrifyingly worried about losing anyone that she, like panicked in every situation you had like someone secretly wanting to have a gay relationship with my character <laughs> suddenly coming out to his father and like realizing that he's been like sat on all of his feelings for so long it was like it was mental it was such a <laughs> crazy end and the worst part was he came back as an enemy i brought him back
2: <laughs> like you use me <laughs> i just started one time he just came in and like started like steamrolling over them because yeah you could yeah
1: because paladins you know they just bomb people (laughs) so he'd just like kick a door down like a swat team member and just (laughs) smite
2: (laughs) it was bad and i i have learned from that because it it was fun but then i realized that oh my god he was that was that was nuts that was so again oh as you say you're like quite ad hoc Leon, when you dm yeah i feel as if my dm style would be best described as like cinematic like, i'm very like this would look sh- uh shit hot in a film
1: yeah uh, i can i can agree with that yeah like i'm a very visual person when i dm
2: yeah so yeah uh that was the first character death i ever caused as a dm anyway <laughs> i'm i'm, I'm, what, you, I'm what i'm really <laughs>
0: hoping is that you know, somebody listens to this podcast and they've never played d d before and they hear through the stories that we're telling and the way in which we're telling them how much fun that we're having and they decide yeah. to pick it up themselves. You know, uh, there's just so much passion going on in this right now and I'm really enjoying it. Definitely, definitely. And like that, I
2: think that actually, like the fact that we're creating content that shows our passion leads on to our next topic, doesn't it? Like the fact that we're creating content and we want people to find it. What is the next yeah. topic?
0: Thank you for the segue, Addison. I'm good at that. The (laughs) next topic... The next topic is... The first... D&D or RPG-related YouTube content... That you have consumed. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this needs to be limited to YouTube, does it? No, no, no. We'll just say the first... The first D&D RPG-related content you ever consumed.
1: D&D-related mediums. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. I think mine... Um, I, I really enjoy mine, but every time I ask somebody if they've watched it or not, they're just like, "No, never heard of it." Mine is Harmon Quest. You do go on about this a lot, yeah. I do go on about it a lot because it's amazing, I know and nobody's watched it. I've, I've never watched, watched it. it. Is it by the guy who did Community? Yes, uh, Dan Harmon. You know, yeah. he's yeah, put himself Harman. in the title. Uh, what's he done? He's done Community, Rick and Morty, he's done Rick and Morty. Yeah. yeah. He's not. He's not the DM on this show, but he does play a main character. Um, Basically, what it is, it's a 30-minute episodic D&D show. They run in seasons of about 10 episodes. Um, Every episode, they have a special celebrity guest. Um, They've had people on there like um, Aubrey Plaza. They've had um, that Indian guy, Kamal Nanjani. They've had so many funny guys on there. It's it's such a great show. (laughs) Um, He doesn't DM himself. He gets a guy called Spencer, Spencer Crittenden to DM it, who I think he met when he was doing one of his live podcasts. And he's just such a great DM. And he's literally my inspiration when it comes to DMing. Um, (laughs) I've never listened to a whole episode of Critical Role simply because the episodes are so long and I can't be bothered and I don't have that kind of attention span. Um, But the the way he describes what's going on, it's just simple. It's to the point. There's no fluff. But you still get an idea of what's going on. Like, he gives you the first line of a sentence and then your mind writes the rest of that sentence, if that makes sense. He'll describe yeah. a door, and then the rest you'll fill in with your own imagination. And that's how I like to DM. That's probably the best D&D-related YouTube con- uh, content I have ever watched. And everybody needs to go out there and watch it. Okay, and I'm not going to stop talking Quest. about it. I'm not yeah, going to stop talking about not. it until you've watched it. Okay.
1: I, I have seen Harmon Quest, so I will also be uh, a member of the Vouching for
0: Harmon uh, Quest party. Um, oh, we should also say that it's uh, it's kind of half tabletop people around a table um, half cartoon they animate parts of it when they're yes. in the characters um, in the setting and it's done in front of a live audience as well so you get an audience reaction it's very different to any other d medium. d medium
2: I, I might actually you, check that out now because that sounds like a great elevator pitch I'm not going to lie <laughs> um,
0: Send me the check, Dan Harmon.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sponsorship, <laughs> Harmon Quest. Um, yeah, boy. Go on then, Troy. I feel as if you've got some absolute bangers for this one.
1: Ah, uh, okay. I mean, first content that I uh, like stumbled upon, I guess, would probably be uh, how to be a great GM on YouTube. Uh yeah. Um, so when I still he use first, him now. <laughs> yeah, when he first started out it was like you know, I almost started getting that like neckbeard vibe for a moment. <laughs> uh, when he was just sort of like kind of going into it, but then quickly his passion and his sort of mentality uh, about how he DMs and how you could improve and things like that, uh, it really resonated with me and being someone who uh, as I mentioned, uh, started out uh, my first campaign DMing it. Um, he was pinnacle in me learning most of the techniques that I apply now. Um, and, you know, much like you, Leon, um, with the, the DM from Quest, like he he has been uh, a very useful inspiration for my DMing style. But obviously, shortly after that, uh, it didn't take long for me to find critical role. A friend mentioned it to me on on the off chance that I might be interested Um, and I watched maybe three or four episodes in a day Um, and about three o'clock in the morning I had the realization that yeah this shit's kind of good it's Um, like a 12-hour day that yeah, is that is I, in, that I, is
2: nuts, but I I can vouch for the fact that it is possible because I've done it. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you just sit there, and once you've gone through it, you kind of come out the other side like, whoa, <laughs> that was my life.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that was
1: holy crap. Um, but no, yeah, Critical Role, very cool. Matt Mercer, shout out to that beautiful, beautiful man. Um, uh, but yeah, I can't fault Critical Role just because, firstly. They're all voice actors. My God. Uh, like, buttery smooth. That's uh, all I can man. say.
2: They've got the nation's sweetheart, Laura Bailey. Oh, uh,
1: don't. Uh. I- I'm seeing rainbows right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, Critical Roll, really good. Um, How to be a great GM, shout out to them. Um, a little bit of nerdarchy after that, but yeah. Basically, that's most of the content that I consumed in my early days.
0: Oh, I have to give a shout out to my favourite YouTube uh, D&D channel, Puffin Forest. Oh, I've never Puffin heard in of Forest.
2: That.
0: You've never heard of Puffin Forest? No. That is absurd. Oh. That is absurd, Addison. Absurd. Oh. If you knew, if you'd watched it, you'd know what I was talking about.
2: I, I will. I will now go into my corner of shame and watch it on my phone. You need this. to watch <laughs> the <laughs> absurd episode.
1: Yes, go, go, shoo-shoo, <laughs> to your Make sure corner. the first
0: one, the first episode you watch needs to be the absurd episode. Absurd, it's, yes, yes. Okay. Absurd, yeah. yeah.
1: But no, Puffin Forest, yeah, at animated D&D, so good. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, mine... My... Uh, oh, sorry, um, one more, one more that I need to shout out. RuneSmith, RuneSmith for the win, does great lists, does great video essays. If you haven't heard of RuneSmith, go check him out.
2: Uh... Yeah, like, you guys, obviously, D and Jesus, as I sometimes call him, Matt Mercer. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) Like, he's amazing. Um, And I did watch a bit of Acquisitions Incorporated, because Patrick Rothfuss is in it, and I love him as a writer. But, um, to be honest with you, they didn't get me into D&D. Like, I could have watched them by themselves as, like, just a, a medium. Like I could have yeah. just been like, "Yo, this is a great show." Like I don't care about D and think the people who actually got me into D and D are the people who I watched when I was learning to get into it. And I think one of the biggest ones was a channel called Dawnforged Cast. I don't know if any of you have heard of that. Uh, Andrew from Dawnforged Cast. Yeah, yep. I'm
0: not the biggest fan of Dawnforged Cast.
2: Uh, I quite liked him because of the fact that his his. Uh, how to build, because obviously when I was first learning to create a character, is how to build. I watched every single how to build this character, X character, in like a day. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I can do it now. And like, so I would use that with the kids I was working with at work and stuff like that. And then uh, people like uh, Nerdki a little bit. It took me a -A 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 while to warm up to Nerdki, I'm not going to lie, because I i felt a bit like they were that old guard of D at sometimes the way they talked you were a bit like oh you're the guys who like tell me that i can't play dnd because i haven't played every single edition sort of thing and mm. then <laughs> as i watched more i realized that's not what they meant it's just um that was where they had their memories i think the other one um was a guy called cody from taking 20 um who was uh, amazing as well and very similar to dawn forge cast um how to do this uh does some great uh lists of products and whatnot to um buy and help me out when building encounters i think he's got a really cool thing like kill your party with x monster so kill your party with kobolds was one of my
1: favorites ah,
2: yeah. um yeah i like the sound of that yeah um but yeah. have to check him out yeah taking 20 is pretty good and there's obviously XP to level 3 dungeon dudes XP
0: to level 3 is great dungeon dudes are great
1: yeah um, I've heard of dungeon dudes haven't seen anything from XP to level 3
0: I think also as well I've got to give a bit of a shout
2: out to like Geek and Sundry just in general as well not just Critical Role because like some of their other RPGs and stuff were really good like uh, yeah. Ashes yeah, to Til- yeah I'd agree the, the, uh, Ashes of what was it called um, it was a. Uh, it had Hank Green in it, the the John Green's brother. And those love operas. It was uh, Will Wheaton, uh, Yuri Lowenfall. Um Yeah, it was just just so good. So yeah, Geek and Sundry, mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, those are my my ones, and it was mostly to help me out as a player and as a DM. I was more educational, uh, apart yeah. from Critical Role.
1: Well, hopefully the audience goes and checks. Those respective channels out and give them some. Yes, please love do. From us. Please do. We'll make do.
2: sure to put them in the description.
0: Alright, that takes us to our final segment. Drum roll. Uh, don't have any drums. The deck of many questions. We'll work on yeah, some sound yeah, effects yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, now, the deck of many questions at the moment is just a concept for reasons mm. which will become quite apparent. What we're hoping to do with this session is to have community questions, questions from the listeners who get in touch via our social media, via the discord, whatever. We will put any and all of those questions into a hat and pull them out. Uh, We will then assign one of the three of us to answer that question. We'll choose at random just the same as we'll pull the question out of the hat. We'll pull one of us out of that hat. That person must answer that question regardless of what's on it. And they must answer it honestly. Addison, Troy, did I describe that correctly?
1: Well, let's let's get into the concept of, firstly, the deck of many things, which some of you D&D players may be familiar with. Uh, those of you who aren't D&D players, and you're just listening to the podcast, um, essentially what it is, it's a deck uh, filled with uh, cards that will do very random things. Some things are very good, some things are very bad. And this sort of randomness we really want to interject at the end of the show so when it comes to suggesting questions we'd love it if you'd keep in mind the theme of uh the deck um so you know give us give us some bombshell questions you know maybe anything that like might expose us as a dm you know like (laughs) spice we want spice When was the last time you lied to your players? This sort of thing. But then we also want, um, what was your happiest moment as a GM? You know, these kinds of uh, questions will be absolutely perfect to... It's got to be related
0: to D&D. You can't just... Ask, ask us, like, when did you lose your virginity? You can't ask us yeah, questions exactly. like that. It has to be related to what we're talking about. Yeah. That's the point.
2: Yeah. And I, like, I, I think one of the cool things about it is there is that opportunity like um, to really make us sweat because of the fact that there, there will be some questions that, because me and Troy fl- bandied some about that are a bit like, mm-hmm. I hope I do not get this question. Because one, you all know when I'm lying, and two, um, it will just be awkward. But then there are others where you're like, oh, no, you know what? If I get that question, that will slap. That will go so well.
0: Um, We've got some example questions here um, that we've written ourselves just for the first episode. Um, But hopefully, you know, subsequent episodes will have questions from listeners. All right. So what we're going to do for the deck of many things, we have 10 questions. We're going to roll a D10 to determine which question we're going to answer. Then we're going to roll a D6 to determine who answers that question. And we're each going to take one question. Make sense, guys? Cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, I've Addison, seen some you've of got
1: these questions, so I uh, I'm nervous. <laughs> All right, oh.
0: uh, Addison, you have the dice. Do you want to start by rolling the D ten? So
1: that is a
2: number one.
0: Number one. There is no question for number one. Could you please <laughs> roll that again? <laughs> Two. Two. Okay. The question is. I like this question, actually. I would answer this myself if it wasn't um, randomised. Is it bad for DMs to pick and choose their players? Oh, no. That's the question. Here we go. All right, now the next part. We're going to roll the D6. 1 to 2 will be me. 3 to 4 will be Troy. 5 to 6 will be Addison.
2: All right. The roll was...
0: 3. Damn, I really wanted that one. Oh,
1: God. Okay.
2: Take it away, Troy. Troy's, like, the nicest guy as well, so (laughs) putting him on the spot like this is, like,
1: so shit. Okay, alright, alright. So, so, Leon, if you want to just say the question out loud once more.
0: Is it bad for DMs to pick and choose their players?
1: Okay. My answer? No. To a degree. Now... I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with no because I know these guys are gonna police me and be like, no, you gotta answer the question. So I will give I will <laughs> I give my answer. I was genuinely just about to call cop out. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna cop I'll out. My answer is no, it's not bad. And the reason, the reason that I feel that it's not bad is because much like Addison said, um, when he plays D and D and when he DMS, he has this very visual and almost filmic style of running it. And I very much do the same thing. And also being a videographer, someone who's done sort of music videos and other small creative projects, um, you choose the actors and the people that you wanna work with. And because you have that freedom of choice, um, typically you can refine the end result. Now, obviously, if you're just playing a game as part of a club, obviously there are gonna be rules that might change that um but if you're in a personal setting if you are able to pick the people that you want to play with then there is nothing really wrong with the dm just saying i want to play with these guys um so that's 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 my two cents on it i'm gonna stick by what i said oh my god i i'm ready for the for the waves of (laughs) counter arguments that'll come but i i'm down for a discussion and uh yeah that's my opinion I, I would
0: 100% agree with you 100%
1: well I I can only imagine the community is going to suggest even more uh, good questions like this one and, <laughs> that's the idea and I I hope my luck uh, is on my side in the future <laughs> <laughs> all, <laughs> all right,
3: no right thank you're you You're wrong
2: like, you you
1: make a good point about like if
3: you're in your, you.
2: in your in your own house like you don't just invite random people into your house do you no you no choose, exactly. so like, that makes sense
1: yeah But it's like if you've got a group of friends and like say you've got eight of them but you only want to run a game for four and you've got to essentially eliminate like half of your friendship circle it it should be I guess uh, a a split decision or at least like random if you think that they're all equal but really you can't get away from the biases i think that's that's my point here it's like you can't help but get away from the fact that like i enjoy playing with this player because you know he does the kind of shit that i enjoy my missus wants to play so i'm going to let them play
2: obviously exactly yeah. yeah. yeah another
0: way to put it is like if you're playing a sport let's say football for example you have, a, you have a bunch of guys in your team, you're going up against another team, and there's one guy on your team who likes to go for the ankles. <laughs> 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 do you want to keep playing with that kind of person?
1: Hmm, yeah. I think, That's how I think, I'll put it. I'll put it that way. I think both nice. sides of the team would have an opinion on such a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so
0: do you All want right, me to roll you you again, Leon? Yeah, give us another uh, D10 roll. Get it nice and close to the microphone so we can hear that sexy dice bounce. Zero, so that's ten. That'll be ten. Okay, this will be an easy one. The question is what are your biggest inspirations for writing?
2: And that is a two, so that's you Leon, isn't it? That's me. Okay, my
0: biggest inspirations for writing. This is actually a hard question for me. I was kind of hoping I wouldn't get this one. I don't really write anything. I barely plan my sessions. I plan my sessions like an hour before about to start. Um, I mean, you know, you know, between sessions, I'll I'll have ideas ticking around in my head, but I won't settle on what I'm going to do for that session until about an hour before the session. Um, <laughs> that said, I do have some inspirations. Uh, one I've already mentioned, um, Harmon Quest. I take a lot from that, um, and then I have inspirations uh, that I have for individual settings. For example, when I ran Curse of Stroud, the biggest piece of inspiration I used for that was. Um, Castlevania on Netflix. That is the exact wow. vibe I was aiming for yeah. what a um, show. on that setting. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. So
2: good. I still need to watch the newest season, but it's yeah. just so good.
0: Whenever I picture Barovia in my mind, I picture Castlevania. <laughs> um, and I, at the moment, I'm running um, Ghosts of Saltmarsh. And my biggest inspiration for that, similar to Castlevania, is Black Sales. if you've ever seen that on Amazon. That's my biggest... I've seen it advertised, Uh, never watched
2: it. Yeah, same. Such a
0: good show. Such a good show. It's basically um, Game of Thrones, but it's pirates, and the ending is satisfying.
1: Nice. (laughs)
0: Um, But when it comes to actually putting a game together, um, as we've already mentioned, I use modules... um, I'll also like to have a look through DM's guild, um, buy some things I think look interesting, and see how I can put those into my games. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got guys like Puffin Forest um, and all the other YouTubers. Those are my biggest inspirations when I'm putting a a, a session together. Like awesome. I said, I don't I don't plan anything until like an hour in advance, but it's ticking around in my head continuously. Like if I've got a session on Friday, on Monday I'll be thinking, hmm. Okay, so last session, Addison shot someone in the foot. What should I do next time? Hang on, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be thinking about that the whole week, and then it'll be like an hour before the session I decide what to actually do.
2: It's like a eureka moment,
1: isn't it? Like, yes,
2: that's what I'm going to do.
0: Basically, yeah.
1: See, it's very interesting that, obviously, you you know, that's how you DM. And I reckon that we're going to have a few audience members that will be like, you know what, Leon, I'm with you, boy. Like, hours before (laughs) the session, I'm making
0: up everything. Like... (laughs) You know what? I I used to plan sessions in detail. I used to do that. Um, I did that for about... I did that for a whole campaign, actually. Um, It was Waterdeep Dragon Heist, which I ran 20... Started late 2018, finished early 2019. It's a rather short campaign. Mm. But for that, I would plan the sessions meticulously. There's this NPC, and there's this place, and so on and so forth. But then the session came around, and the players didn't talk to that NPC. They didn't go to that place. And I would have to just have to make stuff up on the fly anyway. So I thought, what the why am I wasting all this time planning the session for the players just to throw it out the door? Yep.
2: Yep. yeah Yep. Alright, I guess it's me me. Let's see what's going It's what you, question. so we only what need to roll for the question. I've got seven.
0: Oh okay, you've got a good one. Number seven is happiest GM moment.
2: So, I've got a couple, actually. And most of them involve, like, player enjoyment. Like, um, so there's obviously the time when uh, my wife first played. And seeing her get, like, really uh, excited about that was awesome. She had some really good moments. But I think the happiest I've ever been was there was a kid in the group at the school. Uh, He was... Uh, selective mute he literally almost like he had a bubble around him and if you went in that bubble or he went out of that bubble the world was ending and uh, he played a ranger and uh, he always sat near me maybe a bit too behind the DM screen but he was, <laughs> wasn't was um, it, it was like his safety net and one of the other characters went down like went down and bearing in mind this kid has not spoken for the whole session it's been about an hour and he's not spoken yeah um and then out of nowhere I've just got a character sheet on my face and he just turns around to me and looks at me dead in the eye bearing in mind the kid's got a fringe so he doesn't look at people like (laughs) severe autistic tendencies and he just goes show me what I can do to help him in a voice I had never heard oh wow and I was like okay and like my boss at the time the senko was like you do realize that that was like a big thing right and i was like what do you mean and she she was like well he he wouldn't have he wouldn't have cared and he was just like he was so and it just it made me well up with pride that this kid who would who hadn't wasn't friends with these kids who he was playing with just went right i need to help him so show me how and i will do it and he did it and he did it perfectly and he was oh, like him. And then he was like, "Yeah, and then you would hear him talk about like that and other moments to the those kids, who mm, would amazing. never have been that his amazing. friends, yeah, and we would never have been his friends, and it was just it it's even making me emotional now
1: yeah no that is beautiful that is that is the
2: power yeah my right eyes right are now. a bit
0: wet and yeah, I wasn't even there <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's no, it so... that's it that's like Troy you just said that's the power D&D is amazing for people like that you know it's got this kid out of his shell yeah he's talking you know there was all this fuss in the 80s about D&D being this demonic cult thing which was absolutely batshit stupid and crazy and just.
1: <laughs> yeah I've seen a few but of them. that
0: was mainly in America and they yeah yeah but then <laughs> but then you hear the stories like like you've just told us and you know we've each given our own personal stories about how it's helped us you know if you're listening to this and you haven't played D&D just do it, it, it it's one of the best things you can do definitely it's,
1: it's a leap of faith but the, the, the world that you will leap into is warm comforting and is filled with good people
2: exactly I was yeah. going to say like you will take that leap and you will definitely be caught there is no <laughs> <laughs> there is yeah. no like um, hard landing crash or anything you'll definitely be caught and you will grow and you'll enjoy it and like i've said i've met some of my best best friends now through including yourselves through
1: D
0: D. I i mean so,
1: D yeah. has got us doing this podcast guys so <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, very true very very true
1: i think that's a really nice wholesome note to to wrap this up on
0: Yeah, that was the deck of many questions. Hopefully next time we do this, we can have some questions from some listeners. Yes. Uh, This is the first one. We are nobodies. Um, So if we do get some listeners, that would be amazing. It would be even more amazing if we can get some questions for this deck of many questions. Um, But that brings this first episode of firsts to an end. Um, we haven't decided what we're going to do for the next topic but um, we'll tweak that out we'll put the question out there, see if anybody has any suggestions Mm -hmm. we have a list of potential um, themes that we're going to use we haven't settled on that yet but we'll put that out there Um, thank you so much for listening thank you for Troy and Addison for agreeing to do this Um, I think it's gone fantastically I've enjoyed this, how do you guys think it's went?
1: some technical issues, but we'll get past it (laughs) technical
2: issues, yeah TV issues, but uh, all in all, bloody good chat, lads.
3: Bloody yeah, yeah, good, chat. Really
0: good chat. Well, um, follow our social medias. You yep. know, we've got a Twitter, we've got an Instagram. What else do we have? Do we have a Facebook? Uh, we
2: are going to make a Facebook when this first We're drops going to, to put it, to
0: Facebook. it in. Excellent. Yep. And this is going to go on YouTube. Are we going to put this on any other podcasting sites or, is, or are we going to figure that out later? Uh, we'll figure that out. It's a we'll learning figure it experience. Out. Links, links, will be with, links will be somewhere. Um, click on them talk to us we want to hear from you yeah Um, and we hope you enjoyed this thank you so much
1: see you later guys peace